everybody. It's Wayne with Mark and Areed, and we are so excited that you've come to watch the Eat Community Podcast. We know you're going to enjoy it. We actually did it live originally on our Eat Community webinar series, which we also invite you to come to, but you will love this podcast that you're going to be listening to right now. So hey, everybody. We have started recording here, and we are live. And I've got Grace Longo with me, and Mark. Say hi, Mark. Mark's behind the glass, as, as always, in Bangladesh. And we aren't hearing the birds yet because it's still too early, right, Mark? So it's it's 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. in Mark's part of the world. It's uh, actually 6 a.m. 6 a.m. I always get it back. It was 11 hours difference. And um, in about an hour, right as we're getting done, when Mark unmutes himself, we'll actually hear the birds chirping and singing. And Mary's in New Jersey. Mary. I keep saying Mary because I've been talking with Mary on the <laughs> chat earlier. Uh, Grace is in, is in New Jersey, just, um, just not far from the Garden State Parkway, so really close to the, to the New York City area. And she is a friend of Barbara Mendez, who we have had some really nice times with and sessions with previously and she's going to talk to us today as the slide says woman to woman about money and yet she says as as I put in the introduction in the for the webinar that men are more than welcome also and can actually really yeah. learn something so but before we do that I'm just going to uh, just interview uh, Grace for a little bit and so Grace say hi to everybody hi everybody <laughs> I'm glad to be with you tonight and um, by the way, it's, it's either late night or early morning. There'll be some people probably on from Australia, so you never know. that It's in the middle of the day for them, and so we just always don't know what time it is, no matter where people are at. So, Grace, let's just start with this one. Um, just tell us broadly who you are, um, kind of a little bit about yourself professionally, and take as much time or as little as you'd like, and, and just, just give us a little bit on yourself. Okay. Professionally, I have been in the financial services industry for 30-some-odd years. Um, I started very young and um, done many different aspects in the industry. I was a product manager. I was an administrative assistant. Um, I've done marketing. And then lastly, I became a um, financial advisor. I just recently just passed my exam to be a um, planner, certified planner. So uh, I take this very, very seriously. Um, I've had my own private practice. I've worked for MetLife. I've done my own consulting for a little while. Um, I've done business to business, and I've done, obviously, one-on-one um, -on -one with consumers. And then personally, um, I have two children, college-age children, one in, at GW and the other one is going to go, she's a senior, she's going to go to University of Miami. So I'm very proud of both of them. I will be an empty nester uh, come the fall. So that's kind of exciting for me to have my life back a little. Um, I am an outdoors person, always have been. Uh, I just, you know, I love hiking and kayaking and just anything outside, gardening, whatever. Um, it, I find it's very grounding for me. I'm a Zumba enthusiast. I love yoga. Um, I have run all kinds of, on the other side, going towards the yoga side. Um, I'm very spiritual, so I've run spiritual women's groups and all kinds of things like that. Very cool. So, just because it's on this first slide, tell us what the uh, the, the the acronyms behind your name. What do those stand for? Uh, okay. So, CRPC means that I am a chartered retirement planning counselor. So I can give retire. I help. That's really what I do is help people plan for their retirement. Um, the CLTC 
is uh, for long-term care. I'm whatever it is, okay. certified long-term care specialist, even though there's a C at the end. But that's that's a specialty unto itself. Um, and then I'll also have other letters after that, which would be CHFC, which um, allows me to do more in-depth planning on all kinds of financial topics. So I I love getting up and talking in front of people, so this is a great uh, venue for me. Um, I speak to a lot of groups all around the country talking about financial wellness. So that's one of my my loves to, to do that, Excellent. to connect with other people. And as I as I wrote the little blurb for our GoToWebinar piece, I said something you just alluded to, which is you really look at financial um, situations for people as health. It, it, is, it is our health, and this is why it's relevant in this, in this context of an alternative health concept set of webinars that we do, and that it's very important. And so you really did just talk about that in the terms of that. Is that right? Am I being, mm -hmm. I being right? Yeah. And honestly, I find that um, the tenants that you use to live a healthy lifestyle are very similar to how you have a healthy financial life as well. I mean, they're so tactically, obviously, they're going to be different, but from a mindset perspective, they're similar. Anyway, Mary just made a comment. That's why I'm going down. I have to oh. I lean over and have the questions. and. Um, he was, actually, and so I was going to actually come to that next. Mary says she needs to be a farmer. Um, well, <laughs> she lives in a somewhat rural place, and she has been doing some farming things. So why don't you tell us yeah. just a little bit about that? You did a nice job before we started kind of talking about that. Yeah, I have, um, I have for where I live, I live in Bergen County, New Jersey, and for here I have a pretty large piece of property, and I had a huge garden. And uh, I, I had that for maybe 10 years. And as my trees have overgrown, that I'm, I sit next to a nature center. So I'm not allowed to touch anything in that area. But those trees just keep on growing. So they're blocking a little bit of my sun. So I've even moved that garden twice, put it in the front of my yard. <laughs> Um, and I just can't manage between the sun and the animals. So now I just do pots, and I garden that way up on my deck. Um, I have all kinds of herbs, and so I'm kind of a farmer, a little bit of a farmer. Well, you <laughs> and are. I'm all uh, organic, all organic. I don't use any pesticides. I don't do any of that. Well, I think that we, uh, I'm moving my webcam here because I'm actually going to keep the, um, the webcams over on this other monitor, and that way I can make sure I'm looking at you and not just slides. Okay. Um, Mary actually ha might have had a question there, too. She needs to become a farmer when she retires with her lifestyle. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that's what she's been doing, so that's that way she finished that, so that was cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let me ask other questions about yourself and this way people can get to know you okay. um, and then she's got a little presentation she's going to give us to everybody and there's a good chance that if she wants to that we're going to have her come back and do a series from this so because she's got way more slides going to get through so let's just I'm going to go through kind of a lightning round I'm going to ask you about six or seven seven questions it'll give our audience a chance to get to know you a little bit I like to start with this one because uh, it takes people back a little bit in your life. Um, so if, if it was a beautiful Saturday or Sunday afternoon and you were 15 years old, so take your back, mm -hmm. yourself back at that time, mm -hmm. and it was just nice and you had no other obligations, so you're going to be able to do whatever you'd like, what would we find Grace doing? What would you be up to? Uh, I would be playing tennis all day, sitting outside. <laughs> Um, we used to have this great park um, that you could spend the whole day at, and that's what I would be doing, playing tennis with anybody who wanted to play. Um, there was a group of us that were, at that time, tennis 
kind of enthusiasts, I guess. And uh, and I, I literally anybody who would, who didn't have a partner, I would play. Um, like I said, I I love to be outside. So any chance I got, especially if it was a beautiful day, that's that's what I'd be doing. Well, in case any of our audience is from Australia, and I'm sure at least I know on the replay there will be, the Australian Open tennis tournament is going on right now. And I didn't tell you this earlier, Grace, but I played all the way through college. I actually played a little bit professionally. So I, really? you know, I followed closely. And Patrick McEnroe is actually a friend of mine. And Patrick is commentating a little bit on, a, on the Australian. And the Bryan brothers, I know them. So... They're in the finals in the doubles. Roger Federer's in the finals. It's a bunch of old folks that are playing. Yeah, yeah. The, He's the oldest um, man who's reached the the finals. That's what actually, I heard. Actually, not today. not exactly. No, Ken Rosewall was older, and he actually okay. was a couple of years older actually. That, um, but he is the second oldest ever. And okay. but anyway, that's what I would have been doing when I was 15. It would have been the same thing. So then I'm going to ask you one more tip question about that. What kinds okay. of courts did you work in? Hard courts? Were they grass? Were they clay? What, what were the, what was the Oh, surface? no, hard court. Yeah, we didn't have a choice. There were not many places that had clay. So it was all hard court. <laughs> well, I, I grew up in California, and it was all hard courts. We didn't have clay. I didn't even know what it was, and we certainly didn't have grass. So it was all hard courts. Um, so now let's change the question. Let's say same thing. It's a beautiful Saturday or Sunday afternoon. You've got nothing else you have to do, and you could be doing your favorite thing today. What will Grace be doing? I hike. I'll take a hike then. And then um, because you can, you know, if you have a little bit of time, you just shorten the hike. If I have all day, then I can take a longer hike. I can do a picnic. Um, yeah, so that's one of my favorite things. I just recently took a trip this summer to Glacier National Park in Montana. That was really an incredible trip for me. Not, I went by myself, hiked um, 10 miles, not every day, but 5 to 7 miles every day. Um, it was just spectacular. It was really a healing trip for me just to be out there by myself in that incredible splendor. I mean, it it actually made me weep at some points because it was just so beautiful. I had never seen such emptiness. You know, I I come from New York, so every inch is filled with stuff and to go as far as the eye can see and not see anything no commercialism whatsoever was just an unbelievable experience. So Everybody, I do take my hiking seriously. <laughs> that was cool. All right, let's go to another one. Um, you've done all kinds of things in your life, um, and we'll probably talk a lot about the really good ones, but let's go another direction a little bit. Um, okay. Think of something that happened in your life and this is business, so not so much personal, but something happened business-wise that at the time was really negative. And now you look back on it and you realize it wasn't, not only was it not so negative, frankly, it really helped me. And just tell us whatever generically or more specific, however you, wanted to, however you want to answer that. So some negative experience at the time, maybe really negative, that when you look back on it now, it actually was a real positive. Um, let me think about that a second. So, um, I know this is going to sound very trivial, but um, in terms of a negative experience, because uh, I've had some. I mean, I, I was a consultant, and one day they just said, you're out the door, I had to be escorted, but that wasn't horrible. But I had this one presentation, as I said, I like to speak in front of people, and so I was doing this presentation, and I had agreed to do a section that was not really mine, and I did not know the material. And I got up there, and I started, and I did not anticipate all the questions that would come. And so while I'm standing there, 
all these questions are being now diverted to another person. And that was the, I said to myself, I will never, ever get up in front of a group of people and do that to myself again. I will always make sure that I know my topic so that I can handle any question that comes up. And if I really can't, then I'll just defer. But to be sitting there on, in front of all this, these people and not be able to answer a question, I had to keep saying, well, Elaine will answer that. That was, to me, that was um, a, ch a turning point for me because I, I knew I had to be an expert then. And that's kind of what drives all the credentials is that I need to be that's as much of an expert as I can. That's, that's very good. Uh, by the way, I, every time I've asked that question, and I've done it hundreds of times, I just love the answers because they're all over. That is not trivial, by the way, Grace, so do not, do not <laughs> play that down. And very relevant. I think very relevant for all of our audience because it can apply to everybody and different things they have in their lives. So, um, On the other side, now let's go more positive. What's something that's happened in your life um, that just really quickly, as you think of it, that didn't it, at the time it didn't seem big, but it was positive. It was a good thing, and now you just you can remember it because we all have those little things, and, they, and so it's not massive. Just something might have happened a long time ago, and you just think about it, and you, oh, I can remember that right now, like it was yesterday. Um, I took a um, I went away on a retreat, and um, a, a, a yoga retreat, and I came back saying. You know, that, that it was terrible. I didn't learn anything. I didn't experience anything. I was so kind of down on it. And then as I let it soak in, it, it really was, um, I didn't realize how much I actually took away from it. It just seemed like I didn't get anything out of it initially. But it was very powerful. Um, so that's just one little thing. I mean, there's so many, so many good things that happen to me in my life, which is a good thing. Well, that's, um, that's what I was looking for, just something like that, because we all have yeah. those. By the way, for everybody out there, and more of you are coming in, throw in up on the screen where you're at in the world, just so we can see that, and, and uh, put a one in if you're hearing us and seeing everything all right. And I'm just going to do three or four more questions, and then we're going to let, let Grace get into a, a presentation for us here. What book have you read recently or you're reading right now that you can tell our audience about that really that is really good for you? You're really enjoying it. Okay, so that one's an easy one. It's called uh, The Power of Now, um, Eckhart Tolle. Unbelievable you're book. The second, uh, the second person. We had a previous <laughs> yes, you are. So. Um, I think it's just totally transformational to talk about how we basically live in two different worlds. We're really not here. We're always either living in the past or in the future, uh, and that we're not really living our lives fully unless we are present in the moment. And just, I never really thought of it that way, and um, I took a lot um, from that book and trying to live that um, every day, which is not easy, but um, it's it's definitely worth it, I think. I mean, just taking moments, he talks about taking moments to pause so you can just feel um, as opposed to, and, and I'm an analytical person, as you're going to see, the topic I'm in and my, my uh, career is is analytical, there's no doubt about it, but the idea of instead of always overthinking everything, any little decision that we make is overthought. But if we can just feel, we tend to make better decisions. And that actually will, we'll talk a little bit about that too in, in the way I run my practice as well. But transformational book. <laughs> I put that in the chat, everybody, so you can have that. And like I said, you, Grace is the second one of our speakers that has said that book is something that's been really good for them. Um, all right, just, just two or three more. Um, who's a person other than your parents that
that has really influenced your life. And, and you can either give a name, if it's somebody that is relevant, or just generically. But, uh, so just give a, give a person a description, really, of someone who's really impacted you in a positive way. Okay, so my high school uh, social studies teacher, um, I, I was kind of a rebel kid, and um, even though I was a nerd and still am to some degree, I really loved learning and reading and researching, and I, lo I love all of that. I didn't always like to go to school. And um, so he pulled me aside, or sometimes he was the kind of teacher that would love to embarrass you in the class you know, one of those. And so you either loved him or you hated him, you know, or sometimes both at the same time. Very difficult kind of person. But he had once said to me, you know, if you don't pay attention and put some effort into what you're doing, you're not going to amount to anything. And those were his words to me. You're not going to amount to anything. And um, that kind of, you know, kicked me in the, in the gut a little bit. Um, so I finished off high school, still kind of not going to school every day, but, but more, more going to school. But when I got to college, I decided that I was going to really pay attention and put a lot of effort into what I was doing, and, and it, it paid off. Um, but I would say um, my high school teacher... He also was able to handle things in the classroom with humor. Um, and so I learned how to deal with sometimes difficult topics with a little bit of levity. And that was it helps get some points across without having to be always a hammer and um, being down on somebody. So very influential. So I'll just one ancillary to that. Do you at all have any idea what he's doing, or did you keep track of him at all after school, high school, or anything? You know, it's very funny because until I um, read your question, I probably I didn't realize. I mean, I knew he had kind of kicked me a little bit, but um, metaphorically, of course, but. I haven't really thought about him until just like today. <laughs> and I'm like, I really should because he lived actually in New Jersey. He didn't live too far from me actually. So I'll have to look him up. <laughs> Everybody take, take something away from that because you probably have somebody like that in your life too. And uh, there's probably that same kind of a story. So one last question. Um, and it's a, a little strange one. And it's the very last one that I put on the little sheet that I gave you, which is, Let's pretend you woke up this morning and you were not at home. Um, it, somehow you were somewhere else. It, it's it, very much like Earth. Um, you kind of had had enough time to wander around and realize this is not a dan you know it's not a, a, a threatening place. Um, there, you, you did meet with some people and they said, "Yeah, you just showed up." You know, I don't know where you came from. Um, and let's say you have all your daily needs taken care of. And I'm going to change it a little bit from what it says on the sheet that I sent you. But you have $500 in your pocket, and um, you've got you've got a computer. You find you have a laptop, so you've got those two things, um, and and you've kind of got you know just your everything your needs taken care of. What will you do for the next seven days? What would your next kind of first thing be at? Because this question is really good because it shows people how. You know, if you didn't have any other ties and you just kind of had to almost be starting over again, what would Grace be doing for the next seven days? Um, I think I would, my first initial reaction was that I'd try to write a book or um, do something with my laptop that I wouldn't be able to do, that I normally would never have time to do. Um, I don't, I'm not a huge Facebook or social media person. So I would probably try to also spend time connecting to people that I normally don't, like my high school teacher maybe. Um, and the $500 I would 
spend probably, um, if I could, I'd probably have a party <laughs> um, and buy some good food and um, some wine and invite the new people that are going to be my neighbors, I guess. Um, I've done that in every place I've lived, uh, that when I'm new to some place, I kind of make everybody come in and so that we have introductions and and it just makes living in a new place a lot more fun if you get to know your neighbors. So that's what I think I would do um, off the top of my head. <laughs> That's a great question. By the way, I was looking up at the screen because that's where questions are. And by the way, remember I said there'd be Australia, and we have Garth from Australia that's out there. But that's not what I was looking at. For the first time in like the 190th of these that we've done, I think Mark got knocked off for a minute. He wasn't in the staff side, and that's what I was kind of looking at. But he's back, so okay. he must have had a little bit of a computer issue for a second, and he was gone and came back. So those are that's kind of the end of the questions. You know, if anybody in the audience, if you guys have got a, a question that you want to ask that isn't necessarily topical that you'd like to know about Grace, why don't you put it in the in the little question area? But we're going to transition now, move over to the slides that that Grace okay. has given us, and she's going to actually I'm actually controlling them, so she's going to kind of talk me through them. So I'm just going to leave okay. it with this one, and Grace, it's really your show now. You just okay. kind of take take us where you want to and, and just tell me when you want me to move the slides. Okay. Thanks, Wayne. Okay. So first thing, um, I want to just talk about why women, right? So um, I started my private practice in 2002 with MetLife, and I worked primarily in the healthcare market and teacher market. So that is mostly women. And the first thing I noticed was that... Um, women made financial decisions in a different way. There was a different process. So, and that entailed more hand-holding, many more sessions. They needed more education than the men did. Not that the men knew more necessarily, but they would move ahead even if they didn't know. Um, then I went to another um, location. I left that practice and um, where I am now, and again, the same thing with a completely different sector of people. And the women, same reaction. So I decided that this was not just my personal experience, that um, there must be something more to this. So being um, kind of the nerd that I am and a research bug, I decided to do research. So for about a year and a half, I researched women and financial behavior, uh, differences between men and women in general, um, words, linguistics, gender studies, all kinds of things. And what you're going to see a little bit of is the culmination of that, that research. Um, and women, I, some people don't like to admit this, but there's nothing wrong with difference. There's nothing wrong with difference. And women are different when it comes to um, their finances and how they make decisions than men. And so um, this is my personal passion. It's my mission to help women feel in control, confident about their financial lives so that they can make the decisions that they need to make that are relevant to them. Um, you can you can move to the next slide. Thank you. Um, so today, just very briefly, we're going to talk about what we know about women and money. Um, you can keep going. And we're also going to talk about the risks. It's a little bit of a downer, but I promise I won't leave you there. And um, lastly, how um, the industry um, is responding to women because this is a very interesting thing because I'll just one second on this um, women in general um, all across the globe manage uh, more money than men do they own more small businesses than men do um, and so the financial services industry, forget about retail, retail is all over that, but 
financial services industry has decided to really pay attention and to try to understand why women are really not engaged in their financial lives. Um, and so that's the teaser. So before we get to the nitty-gritty of the presentation, though, I, um, I kind of want to ask a question to the audience because, and, and this is for the men too, anyone that you know in your life that, that's a woman, um, this is some insight into how they, they process, um, but it's also a little bit true for men as well. Um, but that when we talk about, we can be successful family members, successful business people, uh, successful in our community, in sports, in all kinds of avenues. So we have the skills to manage our money. There's no doubt about that. There are some tactical things you might not know, but that's easy to learn. But there's something about the words, um, especially for women. Um, so I'm going to ask you, what what do you feel like when I say financial planning or investing or managing your own money, being your own financial planner? Does that evoke use some those, kind of emotion? Uh, use that Sorry? keypad, everybody. Put in, don't be shy. Oh, I'm just telling the audience, don't be shy. Use your keypad <laughs> and throw some, yeah. throw some thoughts in there. What, what emotions does that bring out for you? Well, it, usually there's a little delay. That's okay. Because That's they've fine. Got a type. Okay, we're getting one here. Um, Chris says it feels hopeful. Um, okay. It can raise the bar in one's work from Lisa. Um, by the way, that's really cool, Chris. That you, you it says you makes feels you make you makes you feel hopeful. Um, yeah. And that was interesting too. That Lisa says can make you raise the bar. Come on, guys, don't be shy. There's a whole bunch more of you out there. Here we go. Here's another one. Um, um, not um, fix, excuse me, not bar. Wow, wait a minute. Why am I not reading that right? Um, not bar hair on neck. <laughs> um, so that's an interesting take on it. Um, anything else? Who else has got anything more? Wait, just here we go. Um, neutral, normal, it's just what you do. And that comes from Mary, who's very okay. practical. Um, very practical. More part, of, um, no, more part of the process, more creative, is what Garth hmm. is saying. So. That's good. So I like that one, creative. being creative. Well, I'll um, tell you when I, I so have done this uh, presentation live, and um, you actually... In, in a lot of cases, you'll see the body language change, um, and most women, I will say, um, are are fearful um, that they're going to make a mistake, um, that they'd rather not know what's kind of going on with their stuff because then they'd have to do something, and they don't feel knowledgeable enough to do it. Um, I will also say that there's a little bit of guilt um, about they know that they should be doing it, but they don't. Um, so it, it's, it evokes in most, in a lot of people, some kind of fear, fear of not being able to really do it the way that they feel that they should. And so... Um, you know, if money was totally rational, we'd all do the right thing, and we do it all the time. Um, but most of the time, money is very emotional, and making decisions usually comes from a place of emotion rather than r rational thought. I, I know that sounds, um, you know, in contradiction, but it, it's true. Um, the so the fact that in the general press or the popular press we never talk about this we always talk about the tactics um, 
at least in, in my practice and what I have found also the industry is also trying to do is to recognize this intimidation that women feel. Um, I, just for myself, right, I've been in this industry for 30 years. I um, lost my ex-husband two years ago and um, he died suddenly and I was thrown for a loop. Now, emotionally, yes, but I mean, even on the, because I was the executor of the estate, I had to do certain things. And um, it just, it, emotion and situations that happen to us take us off, derail us sometimes. So having the knowledge shortened my time of derailment, but when you deal with some of the issues that we're going to talk about, sometimes you're derailed for a much longer period or never get back on. So the point I'm trying to make is that money is not just about the tactics. It's about the mindset that we bring to it. And if we come from a pace of lack or fear or deprivation, it becomes very difficult to really make the best decisions. So um, it's, it's important to acknowledge how you feel about money uh, and what it really means for you um, and what your goals are for this money. I always say money has to have a goal. So we can go to the now to the meat of the presentation, which are the concerns for women, which is, um, you can keep going. Um, these are some of the main risks or factors that affect women that can, we talk, I just said about derailing, and these are some of the things that can derail you um, significantly. So one of the things is that we live a long time. We live longer than men, that's no news, uh, which means that we have to have more money to sustain us for a longer period of time. Uh, widows, uh, this is a staggering stat, and I checked it, I don't know how many times, because it just seemed so young, but the average woman is 59 when she becomes a widow. Um, it's a crazy stat. So that means that for married couples, you could be alone for a, a long period of time, um, which again means that you need to have your finances in order, and in some cases, um, sometimes the man still runs the finances and the woman doesn't know what's going on in, in that arena, which throws, throws them for a loop completely because they have to start completely from scratch. And this one, I, this still boggles my mind that we still are earning less than men for the same work. We are more college educated than we ever had but we can expect to earn half a million dollars less than our male counterparts. So if we have less, it makes it more difficult to save, right? Um, and lastly, we tend to be caregivers. So, um, and there's another part to this. Not only do we go in and out of the workforce, which is still typical, um, but we also tend to be single moms. And so this, again, puts another burden on our financial dollars. Um, even with support, it's, it's still difficult to manage a household. Um, in my case, it was two kids and, and me and a house, and um, it still was tight. So these are some of the critical factors, and I didn't even talk about the other D word, which is divorce, which is also another uh, factor. But there are a couple of other things besides these. Um, one is, I was alluding to it before, about how women need to feel in control. And if they don't understand a topic well, they don't take any action. They're like the deer in the headlights. Where men, whether they know or not, they're willing to take the risk and move forward. So the fact that women don't take action um, complicates the, the situation because now they're not doing anything about it. Yes, they're not making a mistake, 
but they're not taking any action to help themselves. So that's that's one of the things that I learned in the research, and anecdotally I saw that firsthand. And the other thing is that women tend to be risk averse. So we don't like um, to, we would rather take a guarantee for less of an interest rate, let's say, or less return than have the probability of earning more. We'll take less because we'd rather have our money there when we want it. Men do not operate that way. So when we talk about finances and investing, we tend to stay on the safer side, which means you need more time to accumulate more money. And if we're in and out of the workforce and we're not earning as much, we need our money to work as hard as possible. So this also counts a little bit against us. It, it doesn't work to our favor. Um, you can go to the next slide. Any questions on that? I'll, I'll keep looking, and sometimes, like I said, there'll be a little delay. Okay. So you can keep going, and if there are okay, keep stuff. going. Okay, keep going. Next slide. So sometimes I get this question. Actually, I did get this question. Can you go back one to the faces? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so this does I'm not. Person was in the right place, so I got to go back. Okay. So. This, when I talk about women, I'm not talking about any one uh, segment of the women's population. I am talking about women who are 30, and I'm talking about women who are in their 70s, and all um, facets of life. I was talking about that I worked in the healthcare market and teacher market. These are educated women. They are successful women. Um, so it has nothing to do with, um, there are some stats that talk about education, but I didn't really see that uh, anecdotally. So this is everyone. I'm in this picture um, as well. I mean, I have had to deal with everything that you can think of, um, so I, I feel like I have lots of personal experience. Um, to, to help women go through whatever they're going through. So, okay, now you can go back. <laughs> go forward, I'm sorry. Thank you. So this is, um, we have, there's all kinds of documentation that um, women really feel like they do not understand financial topics. Their knowledge is very low. They don't know how to take Social Security. They don't understand how to turn savings into an income stream. They don't understand basic budgeting even. You can go to the next slide. Um, the other thing is that they also don't take certain activities. Like you always hear about uh, do a calculator to figure out how much money you need for retirement or figure out how much life insurance you need or how long will your money last. Women tend to not do these basic activities to figure out really what, what they need and how to get it. Um, and research has shown that when these activities are done, some of these calculators or uh, even taking an envelope and doing it on the back of the envelope kind of thing, that is renders more success than not doing any activities um, for retirement planning. You can go to the next slide. So as I said before, um, when life happens, it happens big for women. Um, with divorce, their household income fell by 41%. For widows, it was 37%. And this last um, stat about poverty, um, that women are more impoverished than men, um, and it's, it's a growing segment in our population, uh, speaks to the fact that um, all those factors we just talked about do have a significant impact. Um, on on 
how our lives turn out. You can keep going. So, what's the bottom line? This is my father's favorite saying, you can't put off for tomorrow what we can do today. So, no matter where you are um, in your financial planning, um, whether it's for your business or whether it's for your personal lives, don't put off. You need the um, basic compounding to work for you. Time is our friend in this case, and the more time you have, the more your money can grow. So um, I have a couple of, do I have a few more minutes? Oh, yeah. To do? Yeah, okay, done. good. 10, okay. So um, one of the, I don't want to leave you hanging um, with this depressing kind of information because it is a little depressing. Um, but it's important to know because you need to be able to take some action um, and know that if, if you fall into any one of these buckets or know someone, that there are things we can do. Every day there are things we can do. So one of the tips that you can have is that um, learn as much as you can. Do not be intimidated by the financial jargon that you hear all the time and it's in the popular press. Learn about the basic financial concepts, compounding, diversification. If you're part of an employer plan where they're putting in a match, learn what your employer plan is. And you don't have to do this all, you know, overnight. You take one concept, even one concept a month even, and in a year you will have amassed a tremendous amount of information that will help you make some financial decisions. I mean, just Financial literacy in the country is generally very low, men and women. Um, so just understanding what a stock is, what's a bond, what's a mutual fund. I, I can't tell you really how many people really don't know very basic things. So if they come to the table with this mindset that they don't have enough and then they really don't know some of the basics, it just it's really, um, it's, it's so problematic. They, they can't get over it. So take action. Learn as much as you possibly can. And then go slow. You, 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 you know, you don't, I mean, even though you might be that type of personality to jump in um, into a stream, but you go slowly. You dip your toes in the water, so you take, you know, you leave some of, most of your money in, in something safe and you start playing a little bit in the market and you start learning how it feels to see your statements go up and down. Um, the other thing that you can do is um, between taking as much um, knowledge as you can is you, there's a financial myth out there that somehow you need to have a lot of money to make money. That's not true. Any amount of money. I met this one client who told me that she saved a dollar a week because that's all she could save. And then when she could save, you know, five dollars, she moved up, and when she went to ten, and but she created the discipline of saving, and so it does not necessarily take a lot. The other thing is that some people will say, well, I live paycheck to paycheck. There's no money left. Now, maybe that might be true, but I will, I will challenge you to look for little things that you could maybe alter the behavior. I'm not saying deprive yourself, but make your – this is when I was talking about um, understand what the goal of the money is. I mean, if it's to save a for a vacation, that's one thing. But if it's to, you know, be your income engine for retirement, then you need to put your goals in alignment with your daily practice. So maybe, and everyone picks on lattes, but I'll pick on latte today. Um, 
But, you know, spending $5 at a Starbucks for a cup of coffee adds up. And that money could go, and I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying maybe you only do it once a week or twice a week as opposed to every day or twice a day. So things like that allow you to have the money to save. And the other big myth is um, you have to be aggressive to make money. And that, that's not true either. You don't want to be on the total other extreme where all your money is in a checking account or a savings account because then that's not earning anything. But it doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, in the most aggressive stocks to make money. Um, that's not true either. So um, that, I don't want to give any more away for now, but... <laughs> um, those are the couple That's of probably things. Probably a good time. Yeah. Um, so there's more. There's more things to do, but I'll, I'll leave you with those. So, those are easy. Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we start? We, we stop there, and I'm going to ask everybody to use your fingers again. Would you like to hear Mary? Would you? I keep Mary. Okay. Would you like to hear Grace again? <laughs> do I, I look like a Mary? <laughs> no, no. I keep thinking back as Mary asked those questions at the front end. If you'd like to get a little more of Grace, because she's told us that she would do some more, just put some ones in there, because I think she's got a lot more she can give to us. And, and I'm seeing some ones, a bunch of them, people putting them in here, Grace. Oh, so, good. Um, so I think that means we're going to do this again. So, well, okay. it's a good place to kind of stop. But now, let's ask some questions. We've still got five or six minutes or so left here. Um, remember, I, I said it earlier, and, and you've got one already here, so here's one coming. Would be great to learn more. Actually, she's just she said it would be great to learn more from action plans and so on. Um, okay. But think back to earlier, even even things that you might like to know more about Grace. Just throw those questions in, or even as she describes some of those stats, were some of those surprising to you, or is there some stats you know of that you'd like to throw in that that would be knowledgeable? I'm going to actually move this Q and A over to my other screen, which I think you then might see it too. You, okay. Is that now? Are you seeing that, Grace? Also? Yeah, I can see it. So, yeah. So, don't be shy, everybody. I know there's a bunch of you out there, and and just throw in some throw in some thoughts, questions, um, and um, we'll wait while they're doing. It. I I have one. I was actually shocked by um, the that age, the same as you, that that, that the average per woman becomes widowed at 59.4. Um, that was that was a little shocking. Anecdotally, have you seen that also? Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I've checked that stat many times. Um, and, I mean, now that I, I mean, I've experienced myself, so, um, and then I, I've seen other people. So, remember, it's an average. But very often, these younger widows have still children, and I mean, so being prepared, and now I'm a crazy advocate about making sure everybody designates a beneficiary where they can, because it just makes life easier, and it really sets the intention of where you want the money to go, um, and they should be checked annually, or at very least, whenever there's a, a life change, so that's a that's a big takeaway. Check your beneficiaries. And well, come on, guys, throw some questions. I'm going to ask another one. Um, you know that the average age we all know that that women on the average live to be a little longer. Um, I think it's even. I've read something fairly recently that it's even more dramatic in terms of that difference if you take the average age that a person will live to when they're at the age that they're at. Because those stats are based on the entire life cycle of the entire population. But for someone who's 60, the, the average age of all people living on the planet that are 60, the average life expectancy is a lot, large, a lot higher than the, than the one that is for the whole population. Right. I've seen right. that that gap even gets bigger between men and women as women get older. So that a 70-year-old woman 
who would probably have a life expectancy of 88 or something, um, a 70-year-old man might only have a life expectancy of 77, let's say. So it, it, that gap gets even bigger as women get older. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, so. um, it is. It's amazing because um, the longer you live, the longer you live, um, and so and the probability gets larger and larger. I mean, and if you're a couple, probability of living into your 90s is is very high. So um, it's, I mean, I would, I, I deal with um, women in their late 80s and 90s, um, you know, trying to figure out where to put their money uh, to be safe but still earn um, some kind of interest rate. <laughs> and, um, and, they're also thinking about how will I make this money last, but still have it conservatively. So, it is more common to talk to women, or any actually men as well, that are in their 90s, still plotting out their their finances. So it is very important. This is one of the things that is underestimated in retirement planning. People do not think they're going to live as long as they do, and if you think you're only going to live 20 years in retirement. That's a big difference than 30 years in retirement, unless you have a ton of money. Um, See the question up here from Mike, um, Grace? So he says, will you be covering wills and alternatives at some point? Is that something that you do talk about? Uh, I can, definitely. I can talk about that. Um, that's important, very important. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's probably emphasized wills and alternatives, meaning whatever there might be as an alternative to a will. Um, my, here's another anecdotal one for me as I look to see if there's some other questions. I think men more often sort of believe in their, or think they're more immortal than women do. That, that men do not want to face the reality of death um, to, an ex to an extent. Then, once men retire, I think there's all kinds of stats of this. And when I mean retire, literally kind of reach the point where I'm done working, I'm going to sit in a chair, they die really rapidly <laughs> after that time. Yeah. There's a really horrible stat out there about how, how men who literally completely retire, they just don't live for a whole lot longer. So they, they're really emotionally, mentally, and obviously then physically sort of giving up, yeah. um, which is, is sad. Um, that's that's an interesting. Uh, I have not researched that to to find out what the real number is. So I'll have to do that next time for next time. But yeah, that's. But that goes for the planning too. I'm going to keep going back to that because it's it's so important to um, kind of do the what if game. You know, I call it the what if game. What if this happens? What if you know, I die early. What if I live too long? What if I, you know, um, can't do what I thought I was going to be able to do? This is another big thing. I'm going to work until I die. Well, that's, you know, that's not necessarily true. Health um, can impact, and if you think you're going to retire because you're going to, to work and not really retire, but health can come into play, and that throws a wrench in it completely. So, but I'll research that. Well, I'm not, I'm not seeing any other questions, and we are at the top of the hour, and you guys have been a great audience, and Grace has been even better. And, <laughs> Thank um, you. I am excited about having her come on uh, with us again, and she and I are going to talk about the, the timing and the details of that. So um, this is actually, and last week we had a couple more. This is our last webinar of the week this, or this, this week. And we're going to be having all of our same sessions again next week. And um, we're actually going to be adding some more again. And then the following week, we're actually going to grow more than that. I just want to make one last announcement. If there are some of you that still want to go to the State of the Soil Summit that's going on, that Nick Burton, one of the people that spoke for us twice, um, two different series segments, talked about that's on tomorrow. So State of the Soil, and I'm going to type that in here. 
Uh, or Mark, why don't you type it in, and then I'm going to just say goodbye to Grace here and and let you guys also say goodbye. And, and remember, on the, on the Internet, if, if you liked it, give us some ones. That means that means you liked it, so throw some ones up there. And Grace, we look forward to having you back again, and you and I will talk okay. about the details of that. And okay. Everybody's saying thank you. And Take on. care, everyone. Um, all right. Okay. Well, you have bye a bye. Great rest of your we'll talk okay. to you later. Bye bye, everybody. Bye bye. Hey, everybody. I bet you enjoyed that immensely. That was one of our most amazing presentations here at the EAT community. Please look forward to our next podcast in the very near future, and we look forward to seeing you again on the EAT Community Podcast. Thank you.